Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. A valuable and often overlooked aspect of the art market and art world are catalog resumes. I imagine most of you are familiar with the term, but it seems like a rare occurrence for someone to spend time browsing through one of them on a regular basis. I mean, where do you even find one, for starters? And it's interesting because we're actually beginning to see some innovation here when it comes to these old big books. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we chat with Pierre Valentine, partner at Constantine Cannon, and he's also founder and chair of International Catalog Resume Association. Pierre joins us to update us on what's going on in the world of catalog resumes, and he even offers some tips for living artists on what they can do now to ensure a complete catalog resume when they're in the late stages of their career. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Pierre, thanks so much for joining us. Nice, nice to be here, uh, Adam. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to dig into the world that is catalog resumes with you. It's an area we haven't addressed too much on the podcast, but it is important for the art market. And I think most of in the arts are familiar with them, but to be honest, if you're a contemporary art collector, especially focused on emerging artists, you may not even be aware of catalog resumes or their purpose, or have even come across them. So to begin, can you just tell us what exactly is a catalog resume? Okay, well, the concept is simple. A catalog resume is a comprehensive, annotated record of all the known works of an artist, either in a particular medium or uh, all media. Now, typically, uh, catalog resumes are compiled after the artist's uh, death, because only then can you create a comprehensive record of, of his or her work? And, and the word comprehensive here is, uh, is important. Um, some, are, some living artists uh, have their own catalog resumes. Uh, typically, they continue to create, so it can't be a, a comprehensive record, but um, you can create a comprehensive record, for example, uh, over a, a, a specific period of time of the artist's, um, you know, life lifetime. So works from 1980 to 2020, for example. And what would you say are some of the most common ways that catalog resumes are used by different market participants? Okay, well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say that an essential tool for for the market, the auction houses and the and the galleries. If um, you are presented a work and you discover that it's not uh, in the catalog resume, assuming there is a catalog resume, then that's not a good sign. Now, um, the, the questions around catalog resumes are first, is the author of the catalog resume authoritative? And there are some examples, and I won't name any names, but there are some examples where the author of the catalog resume is not uh, considered an authority on the artist, and therefore, um, you know, the catalog resume tends to be um, ignored. Um, the other, uh, another issue um, is uh, if the work is in the catalog resume. Of course, that is very encouraging. However, 
uh, there have been examples of um, uh, you know people forging works in the catalog resume so the work that's presented to you looks like the work that's illustrated in the catalog resume but nonetheless it's a forgery so uh, what, what i would say is in terms of um of the market uh, it's a very useful tool but um there are some caveats now turning to museums uh, i would say they are also very useful uh, for museums um, when uh, they consider acquisitions, uh, they consider whether to accept um, artworks as a gift, uh, and also when they look at uh, borrowing art, for example, um, to put a, a temporary exhibition together. Um, if the artist, let's say it's a temporary exhibition on a given artist and there is a catalogue resume, um, the first thing the museum uh, curator is likely to do is to check that um, works that they would like to include uh, or they would like to borrow from foreign institutions are uh, in the catalogue raisonné. Um, that's not enough. They would do further research, but that's a very useful starting point. Um, I would say that the catalogue raisonné is an essential tool for academics. Um, in order for them to study the work of the artist, to compare the artist with other artists, uh, and to, to, to further um, the research that's being, um, that's being done to date. Uh, I said earlier that the, the, the comprehensiveness of a catalogue resume um, is, is essential, but um, it's not an, unusual for works to um, sort of appear if you like, after the catalogue's resume was, was written, and, and quite often there are addendums to catalogue resumes that are published over the years to add to the body of work that's in the original catalogue resume. And, and scholars have a role to play in that. And then finally, I would say it's, a, it's an essential tool for the artist's estate. Um, it creates order and certainty uh, in the marketplace. It facilitates research, it encourages scholarship, and it reduces the risk, the risk of forgeries circulating in the market. And so you founded and chair the International Catalog Resume Association. Tell us a little bit more about what exactly that association is, what is it that you do, what's the purpose of it, and what are some of the projects that you've worked on? So um, ICRA, which stands for International Catalog Resume Association, is a forum for scholars and professionals engaged in the production of catalog resonates. Uh, the association's aim uh, aims at facilitating um, collaboration between projects and the exchange of information about technical and practical aspects of catalog resonates. Uh, the, the, the idea of uh, ICRA came up uh, because we, well, we know that um, it can take years of someone's life to put together a catalog resume, and it can be a fairly lonely um, undertaking. And uh, we, we obviously, well, we know that there is a, a platform in the US called um, Catalog Resume Scholars Association. Um, it's been running for uh, uh, quite a few years now. Um, it's very US centric and we thought that we might, um, that, that, that there was a need for a similar platform uh, in Europe and rest of the world. 
So that was the sort of motivation, if you like, behind um, the association. Um, we think we want to encourage um, the production of catalog resumes. Um, we think that there are uh, issues uh, out there to be discussed. Um, and perhaps we'll come to that, but you know, what, what is best to have a, is it to have a, a, a catalog resume on paper? Uh, as has been the case traditionally, are we moving on to online catalog resumes and what are the pros and cons? These are some of the issues that um, we, um, we, we think um, uh, warrant discussion. Uh, we promote best practice uh, through seminars and um, our annual conference. Uh, I could talk a bit more about that um, later on. And yeah, we, we just want to offer um, uh, anyone engaged in catalog resonate projects the opportunity to discuss, debate, ask questions, and, and learn. So I may possess an outdated perspective on catalog resumes, but when I envision them, I think about big, dusty, heavy books you have to get from the library stacks if you want to review them, books that aren't really affordable or even practical for an individual to own. Is that the case today, or have catalog resumes innovated and evolved in recent years? Absolutely. I mean, you, you, there's definitely a trend towards um, online uh, catalog resumes, um, I mean, we could spend the afternoon talking about the pros and cons. I'd say there's still a market out there for books. Uh, and indeed, um, if you look around, you will see that um, uh, printed catalog resumes continue to be published on a regular basis. And some are, are really truly excellent. Uh, on the other hand, um, online catalog resumes offer, uh, you know, significant advantages, um, low costs or no costs. Uh, some catalog resumes are available online without you, you having to pay any fee. Um, the research potential is huge. Uh, with a printed catalog resume, you look at the table of content and you navigate the catalog as you would navigate a book. Whereas online, um, there are tons of search functionalities that um, can make the research a lot more uh detailed and, and interesting you can organize works in certain ways i mean it's um, it's a, it's a completely new world uh, updating the catalog resume can be a lot more straightforward uh, of course it means that uh, instead of uh, if you're the author of a paper catalog resume you might update the catalog resume say after 10 years or 15 years whereas if it's online you generally find that there is pressure to update it on a, on a much more regular basis, which is a lot of, can be a lot of work, but um, the advantage for the reader uh, is that uh, if indeed the catalog resume, the online catalog resume is updated regularly, then you know when you research uh, the, the, the catalog that it is, it is up to date. And, and a very important part, I think, of our point is that an online catalog resume is available anywhere 24 seven, um, on a phone, on a tablet. Uh, you don't have to be at your desk to consult it. There's a sort of hybrid uh, catalog, which um, the Wildenstein Platner Institute in New York have pioneered, I think I'm right in saying, 
which I think they call it a legacy catalog, which is effectively a paper catalog that that's been digitized. And um, the Wildenstein Institute in Paris for many years um, was at the at the front of um, uh, they, they were a pioneer in um, producing uh, catalog resumes. Um, uh, at the time, uh, these catalog resumes were on paper. And what the Wildenstein Platinum Institute has done is, is to digitize them. So uh, it's a hybrid because you can't search it as you would uh, an online catalog resume, but it is accessible 24-7 wherever you are. And it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's another way uh, to um, consult uh, a paper catalog. A, a paper catalog. And do you have a sense of how many catalog resumes are actually created each year? There are just so many artists in artist estates. How many of them end up having a catalog resume? And when is it usually considered to be justified to go through the effort and finances to compile one, either by the estate or by the market? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I don't have statistics, but um, I think it's what I would say is it's certainly a, a small minority of artists who have a catalog resume. Um, it's typically, um, you know, I, I don't like that that phrase, but what, what the market calls blue chip artists. Um, so, uh, yeah, artists with a name. Um, uh, in terms of um, yearly patients, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think a good place to start is um, the catalog resume database of the International Foundation for Art Research. Uh, they publish um, a list of catalog resumes, uh, but also catalog resumes in preparation. And that, these are very useful lists. And if you're interested, um, that's, that's, a, that's a good place to go to. So we do have a lot of artists that listen to the podcast. What is some advice you could give young artists about what they should be doing as their career progresses to ensure that one day towards the end of their career, they'll be able to more easily create a catalog resume of their work that's full and isn't missing information and can be thoroughly used by researchers and all market participants? Um, the first the first point, um, it's probably an obvious point, is to keep an inventory of your work. Um, ideally a digital inventory as comprehensive as possible now that requires discipline that artists um, sometimes don't have um, uh, you know if 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 as an artist you don't have the time the patience or the inclinations to um, to keep um, an inventory of your work then um, you know there are people out there who can do this for you um, it's it's easier than it used to be because there are now some pretty good software um, out there that can be used for that. Um, I'll mention three names: uh, ArtLogic, ArtCloud, and ArtLook. Um, they have you know their pros and cons. And if you go online, you know you can read about the pros and cons of each um, software. But they're pretty pretty user friendly, and um, and it's easier. To, to maintain uh, an up-to-date um, inventory these days than it was maybe 20 years ago, where everything was on, on, on paper. Um, and the second point, perhaps, is, is keep records. Um, keep records of, of, of everything you do. Don't throw things away. Um, letters, um, 
emails, um, you know, publications, even the type of paints you use, um, because in, at the end, uh, your archive as an artist will be a fundamental tool for anyone um, looking to um, write a catalog resume of your work. Pierre, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast and chatting with us about so many different aspects of catalog resumes. If our listeners want to learn more about the International Catalog Resume Association, what's the best place for them to visit? So the website is um, icra.art, so I-C-R-A.art. It's a membership association. We have about, uh, we have over 150 members now um, all over the world, literally. And um, what what we offer our members are, A, an online platform where they can exchange ideas, ask questions, you know, learn. Uh, That is a platform exclusively reserved for members. Members have access to uh, what we call the legal panel. Uh, In seven countries, there is a lawyer they can go to if they have, um, if they need legal advice. the first hour is free of charge, and then you know discounts um, are available. Uh, we offer free networking events throughout the year. Of course, during the pandemic, uh, that wasn't possible, but we are resuming our um, physical networking events. And then we offer discounts to our um, annual conference. This year's conference will be on the 1st of December. Uh, it will be, uh, the, the topic is legacy. We're putting it together as we speak, and uh, it's going to be a hybrid conference. So for those of, for those who can be in London, um, uh, they can attend in person. But if, if you can't attend in person, um, it will be um, live streamed and it is possible to attend it um, uh, from the comfort of your own um, home. Perfect. We'll make sure not to miss it. Pierre, thanks so much again. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me.